by the light switch Who watches over you Make a little birdhouse in your soul Not to put too fine a point on it Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet Make a little birdhouse in your soul Hello, welcome to Jay's From Home. My name is Matt Gower. I will be your solo host for today because Steve is away on Birch Island, I believe. Um, later on in the show, I've got a special guest, Phil Selig. He's making his return to Jay's From Home. Uh, you might know him as Cuba Dugout on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, wherever wherever he, he is, and also on YouTube. So he makes some great videos, and he recently took a trip to Cuba uh, to... Uh, check out at least a game or two from the uh, Cuban World Series. So we're, we're going to talk about that. So it's a great little talk. So stick around for that for sure. Um, this past week in Ottawa, I'm not sure about the rest of the country or in the rest of the world really, but um, things were feeling pretty cold in Ottawa this week for, for August. And it was reminding me that uh, of fall weather and that fall is, is, is coming pretty quickly. And before you know it, it will be back to school. It'll be September. Uh, the, the, and, and we got to remember that for the baseball season because this is going to be over pretty quickly. Um, things are, are, are getting pretty tight as far as the races go for the wild card, for the divisions, for the, for the home field advantages and all that stuff. And for the first time this week, we saw the Blue Jays fall out of the wild card standings for the first week, time this season, I believe, uh, because Seattle is, is hot right now. They're hot and they're playing some, some weaker opponents. So that's, that's, uh, making it hard for the Jays to, I guess, tread water and, and keep their position in the third wildcard spot. Right now, um, their record is 68 and 56. They're eight and a half games back of Baltimore, two and a half games back of Tampa Bay. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be tough to, to, to make any, any dents in, as far as taking over the division lead. Uh, and the wildcard is, is really where it's really close right now. It's, uh, it's, they're 68 and 56, like I said, half a game back now of that third wildcard spot. So the Jays really need to, to make sure that they put every effort into every game because every game matters. And it's been, it's been a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a tight week, I guess we can say, as far as the scoring and the, and the results. Um, on Tuesday, the Jays won 2-1 to one against the Phillies with a strong uh, performance by Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, he's he's putting up a lot of really uh, clutch, for lack of a better term, uh, pitching performances. Um, and uh, he, he faced off against Zach Wheeler, who was also pitching a really good game. So Kikuchi uh, pitched six innings, uh, gave up only four hits and one run, uh, and struck out seven, uh, while Zach Wheeler pitched seven with three hits, and he only gave up one r- run as well. Uh, he the, the difference was that he walked four uh, and only struck out five, and then the winning run was scored um, by Kevin Biggio off of a hit-by-pitch. I think it was Sir Anthony Dominguez hit him in the foot with the bases loaded, and so that was the winning run in a tight one-to-one game uh, that the Jays came uh, came ahead of. Um, during uh, Before that game, uh, Jordan Romano was reinstated from the 15-day injured list, um, and he was active uh, for that game. I don't remember if he pitched <laughs> the, if he got the save in that game, though. Um, and Nate uh, Pearson was optioned to, to AAA as the corresponding move. Uh, Wednesday, uh, the Jays finished their series uh, with the Phillies by losing 9-4. to That was a tough one. Uh, Dalton Varshow got a two-run home run in the second, but Bryce Harper had two home runs in the third and the ninth. Uh, 
uh, and yeah, the, the 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 Phillies just kind of pulled away in that uh, game for sure. So that was a bit uh, tough to watch. Um, the Jays had a much needed off day on Thursday, and traveled to Cincinnati to face the Reds. Uh, where in the opener and uh, in an Apple TV game, the Reds won one to nothing. It was a bit of a slog of a game, I guess you could say. Um, they got uh, and the the frustrating. It's it's fun, but it's also frustrating. The Reds got a hit right after the announcers pointed out that Barrios was throwing a no hitter. Like they 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 mentioned the no hitter, and immediately after the Reds got a hit. So that was that was frustrating. Um, it's also fun when things like that happen because you know it really doesn't make a difference. It's it's just uh, you know meaningless superstition, but it's it, that's what's fun about baseball. But it's also frustrating that uh, you know the the no hitter got got got. Uh, ruined for for Barrios um and then Encarnacion Strand uh the wrong Encarnacion uh if you're a Blue Jays fan uh hit a walk-off home run off of Jordan Hicks um and with that loss the Jays fell out of the wildcard race for the first time in a long time since probably the beginning of the of the year and and yeah um Jordan Hicks I think he threw was throwing mostly breaking balls in that outing which will um Make, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, so on Saturday, the Jays came back um, and won 4-3. to three. Um, And in that game, Bo Bichette was brought back to the Jays after his rehab stint in Buffalo. So he's he started the game at shortstop, and Paul DeYoung was, was DFA'd uh, mercifully by the Jays. He was not playing well for the Jays. So um, I think I talked about it a week or two ago. That That's the move that the Jays needed to make. Uh, because DeYoung just, you know, he's a good defensive player, but uh, they, they need a guy who can hit, and he was definitely not doing that. I think he had one or two hits in his uh, three weeks with the Jays filling in for Bichette. Um, so Bichette returned to the lineup, uh, but Springer missed his second straight game with right ankle soreness. He jammed his ankle um, after he uh, ran through first base against the Phillies, uh, I think on Tuesday. Um, Varsho, Merrifield, and Bichette both all had RBI singles in the fourth inning. Um, Reds uh, center fielder TJ Friedel hit a solo home run in the fourth. Uh, t- and that was the first hit of the game for Cincinnati. Um, Ellie De La Cruz uh, had an RBI triple, and then on a throwing error, he ended up scoring. So it was a, it was an exciting play, but a bit of a frustrating play again. Exciting and frustrating, I think, are the two uh, words for the Jays' season, for sure. Uh, Davis Schneider, uh, he hit a solo home run in the fifth. It was nice to see his bat uh back to uh, how it started in his first weekend in Boston. Um, Tim Meza pitched out of a bases-loaded jam in the seventh, so that was good to see. And then Jordan Hicks came back. He redeemed himself. He pitched uh, to the heart of the Reds' batting order in the eighth inning, and he uh, he threw 14 pitches, retired them all, and they were all his 99-plus uh, mile-per-hour two-seam fastball. And they the Reds couldn't hit that. They couldn't make contact. So uh, I think that throwing breaking balls is not his his forte he should stick with his his unhittable two-seam fastball so so yeah that was nice to see um i'm recording this sunday morning um it'll be uh hyunjin ryu versus hunter green who is making his return after being injured for the reds so that will be an interesting matchup for sure okay and now it's time for the weekly outcome so my strikeout this week is dave hudgens uh about 10 minutes before the start of the game on friday 
um, Ephus Curve tweeted this. They were saying that he was uh, mega tweeting uh, about, uh, I guess, someone had posted about Chuck Schumer. And I'll, 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 it, it, I'm not going to get into the tweet. But then Dave Hudgens, 10 minutes before game time, replied, how do you know what Americans care about you out of touch hack? That's what he said to someone just saying that uh, stuff about about politics and stuff but um i think dave hudgens just re- he he revealed his 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 side of the um of the political spectrum um and my, i guess my my big joke is that i posted on twitter was was uh you know i guess if the jays are having problems hitting maybe he has them leaning too far right but uh yeah <laughs> yeah sorry not sorry uh but yeah he shouldn't be i don't know i i it's it's, it's a bad luck Political tweets aside, it's a bad look for him to be tweeting ten minutes before game time. You want him to be focusing on on the game at hand, not you know, not scrolling through through you know, mega right wing stuff that that is 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 not. It's never it's never positive. It's never productive, and and it just is 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 not a great thing to see. Um, my no decision this week is Alec Manoa because. Last week we I, I, we mentioned that uh, he was sent down to AAA, uh, but I guess the the news coming out this week was that he actually hasn't reported to Buffalo yet. So it's kind of a no decision. Like we don't know where what he's going to do at this point. Like is he gonna is he gonna start pitching for Buffalo? Does he need a mental reset? But I guess for now he's doomed to uh, quad A to, to I guess the netherworld between AAA and, and Major League Baseball. It's the the quad A fate. Uh, that he's is that he's doomed for right now, I guess. Um, so so he's ha- hanging out in the in the in the in the, the netherworld between those two regions. Maybe he's 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 having some nice conversations with Travis Snyder. I don't I don't know, but yeah, he's uh, he's right now just kind of still in Toronto, waiting to report to Buffalo. Um, hopefully he does soon because the Jays might need him. Injuries can happen, so they might need his arm. Uh, whether whether you know they want it or not, it's not performing the way they. He's not performing the way they uh, they would like, but they still need him to kind of be be on his A game if if possible. Um, and finally, my home run is Yusei Kikuchi. He's just been pitching really well. He's I guess right now Ryu's technically the five guy, but he was the five the the number five starter going into the year, and he's been allowing one run per game just on automatic right now, and he's been pitching really well for the Jays. His stuff has been great, so he's he's been doing exactly what the Jays need him to do, and more, even more so. Like we saw last year, Ross Stripling kind of filling that role, but but Kikuchi is looking like an ace lately, and he's pitching really well, so that's really great to see. Okay, so we're going to look ahead for the Jays next week, and it's a big, big week uh, for the Jays. Another off day, which is always good on Monday, but then they opened a series uh, in Baltimore. Um, I, th- I think this might be the last series, at least in Baltimore or versus Baltimore together, but if, if they want to have any chance at all of winning that division, they have to sweep the series. But even if they sweep the series, I don't think it's going to happen, but they need they need to, to, to at least get two out of three to, to gain some ground in the wildcard spot because with these off days, uh, I guess they're kind of banking days for, for later in the season, but you know they on days when they're not playing and if Seattle keeps on winning, they're going to keep falling further and further out of the wildcard. So they need to really make sure that they, they win these games. Um, and then after Baltimore, they're going to come back home and face the Cleveland Guardians who – you know, in theory, they're not they're 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 out of it, but they're they're not an easy team to face by any means. So it's definitely an important week for the Jays. Every week is important. They need to string these wins together. and They need to keep consistently winning 
And I think we've seen signs, maybe signs of the offense uh, reviving. Um, although, you know, in, in, in one to nothing victories uh, by the opposition, uh, that gets a little bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, the Jays need to keep consistently winning. Honestly, I, as long as they're, they're, they're winning, I don't care if it's one to nothing or 11 to nothing. They just need to keep keep getting those wins on the board for the uh, to, to stay in the wildcard hunt. And I think that they can. Um, and I, I don't think that Seattle can can sustain uh, this hot streak because, uh, as we'll we'll talk about in just a few minutes, um, they 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 have an easy schedule right now. The the Mariners do, and, but also so do the Jays. The Jays, I think, have the tenth best remaining strength of schedule or tenth easiest re- uh, strength of schedule uh, in the major league, and Seattle is the eighth easiest. So Seattle has a bit of an easier schedule than the Jays do, but the Jays. Um, I think should hopefully be able to take um, advantage of that uh, and, and and stay in the wild card spot and and who knows maybe even the Astros will fall out of things because uh, the the Astros and, and Mariners are getting pretty close in the standings in that AL West division but yeah so let's go to the B team update um, we'll talk about Cleveland first I guess Cleveland is 59 and 65 five games back in the AL Central uh, they're uh, they played two games against the Reds. They split that series, uh, one 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 lost one, and then they uh, are playing this weekend against the Tigers. They have won two out of three so far against the Tigers. Um, and then next week they're going to be playing the Dodgers, and then they're going to head to Toronto to face the Blue Jays. So tough week for the Guardians. Um, yeah, I think that they're they're not in the playoff hunt. I think they're out of it. I think it would be a miracle if they won the Central. So 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 Steve, it's looking like your 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 B team is is beating my B team, but it's not over till it's over. I'll just say that. Um, so yeah, Steve's uh, B team choice: the Seattle Mariners. They're sixty-eight and fifty-five, four games back in the AL West, and they hold the third wild card spot right now. And they played the terrible Royals and won three out of four. So they did what they're supposed to do, and so far they have so gone two and zero against the Astros, which is a little bit surprising. So the Astros are, are not an easy team to 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 play by any means. Um, so that's interesting. And then this week. They have an easy, a very easy week in theory. The, the Mariners are going to be in Chicago to face the White Sox, who have given up. And then they will be facing the Royals again, who are, again, they're not a good team. So that is uh, not great for the Jays. The Jays have a much more difficult week uh, than the Mariners. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like I said, the Jays need to be consistently winning, put, putting wins together and 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 just holding off the, the Mariners. But, you know, if... if the Jays fall out of the wild card this week. Who knows what'll happen the week after that? Uh, it's it's we've still got I think six weeks left in the season. But like I said, fall is coming soon. So so uh, so watch out. <laughs> All right. In other news, um, this came through. I think I th- I noticed this maybe yesterday on Saturday. Uh, it was announced that Amazon cancels canceled uh, a league of their own, which was a, a good baseball show. Um, they only uh, showed one season. They were supposed to show the final. Uh, Four episodes sometime this year but i guess because of the writers and actors strike they decided to cancel that um the good news hopefully is that uh, the 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 creators of, of a league of their own are trying to shop that around to other streamers and networks to hope to get that picked up um the the i guess the four episodes that remained were already all written but they can't put them into production if the actors are on strike so hopefully that gets uh resolved um quickly um in and then in kind of it's been talked about a lot it's it's we're gonna find out maybe how this ends 
or how this is going to go on on Monday. Uh, but it was um, the big news coming out of last week. Uh, after I, you know, it, on Sunday evening, it was announced on uh, or come, going through Twitter that Wander Franco was having, at the very least, an inappropriate uh, relationship with with a minor. So, um, and then subsequently, the 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 Rays put him on uh, the restricted list for their road trip, um, and and. There's an investigation going on by MLB and also by the the district attorney, I think, in the Dominican Republic. Um, I guess uh, Evan Drellick reported this earlier on Wednesday. He says, An investigation into Wander Franco's alleged relationship with a minor in the Dominican Republic is being handled by the National Agency for Boys, Girls, Adolescents, and Family and Gender Violence Unit, a a prosecutor told the Associated Press on Wednesday. Um, From a lot of the things, I think Pedro Gomez also reported on this, a lot of people are speculating that he is never going to play in MLB again, which... uh, that. You know, it's it's that's that's just uh, you never want to see news like this come out come out uh, about about anybody. You, you hope that the that you know everybody uh, is is you don't you don't want anybody to be hurt in these situations. And um, I hope that they uh, they can uh, at least if 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 Franco is guilty, I hope that they, they you know prosecute him. And I I never want to see him in, in MLB again if that's the case. Um, and we'll find out on Monday uh, further what's going to happen because he, I guess the road trip in, in in Tampa Bay is done soon. So um, I guess the next step might be to put him on administrative leave, which is different from the restricted list um, in that he doesn't get paid, and that's a little bit more serious. Um, and so we'll see what happens on Monday, but it's it's not great news for the for the Rays. Just from a baseball standpoint, they have had a lot of injury problems, uh, and and they've fallen out of first place in the East. Um, this could be another just baseball setback for them as uh, just st- staying on the field. Um, who knows? They could fall out of the wild card spot because Wander Franco is. They, they last year they signed him to I think a. 10 basically a lifetime contract for 180 million or something like that um and he may never play for the rays again so that's uh that's that's really not great news at all for anybody for for whatever minors are involved in this and for the rays and 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 for for wonder franco it's just not not a good story um but it's important to, to mention because it's it, it's a, it's a it's a it's it's an important story. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a major story in, in Major League, and it's affecting how uh, the the Rays are, are putting their team together and playing baseball. So it's 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 something that definitely needs to be talked about, and I hope that uh, everybody's uh, safe and uh, and and that this situation is is figured out soon because it's it's it's. You know, Dominican Republic—it's another country. They, they 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 deal with their legal system differently than than we do here in North America. So I don't know how I, how it all works over there, but I, I hope that everything gets sorted out. Um, okay, and finally, just kind of going on a little lighter note here. Still, still not 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 super news, but uh, um, good news for Taiwan, I guess. Uh, the in the Little League World Series, Taiwan uh, pitchers threw a combined perfect game versus Canada. Uh, so that's that wasn't great news for Canada, uh, but you know, good pitching uh, effort by Taiwan for sure. Um, so uh, in an article from TSN, they said that Canada rep- represented by the North Regina Little League team, uh, they dropped into the elimination half of the international bracket and 
they face Chechia in a must-win game on Saturday. And actually, that was yesterday, so I don't even know if they if they won the game. Um, but yeah, I haven't been paying too close to the Little League World Series. Uh, but it's just an interesting. It was an interesting story that they got uh, perfect gamed against uh, Taiwan because Taiwan's uh, starting pitcher. I think he was you know like five eight five nine, but he was throwing um, eighty mile an hour fastballs off of a the, the mound which was about forty. Uh, feet away because it's little league a bit, a bit closer 40 feet away from home plate so um uh, i think pitching ninja was saying that it's the equivalent of about 105 miles an hour off of a pitching mound which is basically impossible to hit so that's that's not great for for team canada but uh you know uh, you're not surprised that they aren't able to make contact with a with a uh, with stuff like that okay so we'll take a quick break and we'll go to the interview with uh phil selig and then we'll come back and do some personal outcomes after that. Okay, welcome to Jay's from Home, Phil Selig. Uh, nice to see you again. Yeah, glad to, glad to be back. Thanks to, uh, for the invite. Uh, I think there's uh, quite a bit has happened since the last time we chatted. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can touch on that and and uh, hopefully it's fascinating for people so yeah I, I think the last time we talked was it the near the end of the season last year i think it was around our thanksgiving so it was probably at the end of the uh, of, of the jay season at that point and uh, right in, in the uh, during the during during the uh, during the playoffs yeah, yeah i think I, yeah let's not talk about the end of the jay season last year <laughs> now now um i've noticed i follow you on instagram i follow you on twitter at cuba dugout i've noticed that you recently took a trip to cuba so tell me a bit about that yeah, so I got uh, got kind of lucky that I've uh, was able to take two trips this year. So one was actually for the season opener, which was at the end of March, and then um, things kind of came together that um, that Industrialis uh, of Havana, kind of the, the the Yankees of uh, of Cuban baseball, if you will, a team that I've had the most access to, uh, who at about a third way the through the season were kind of left for uh, for dead, were in last place. That um, they they made it all the way to the finals. So um, saw an opportunity in my schedule where um, where I had some some vacation time and uh, some time away from a few other endeavors. That uh, was able to schedule a trip to uh, to to get down and and take in some of the finals. Not as much of the finals as I originally hoped, but uh, we can we can delve into that. But yeah, actually uh, went to uh, Las Tunas, Cuba for the uh, for the championship final series. Cool. Now let, let's let's go all the way back to the to, the, to your first trip though, because you mentioned you were there for the season opener. Now I know that there's a lot of, of traditions in, in in North America that go along with the season opener. Does is there any um, special events or traditions that go along uh, with the season opener in Cuba? Probably not right now, for the sake that they've been in uh, a serious uh, serious transition mode, trying to figure out what the best uh, what the best uh, structure is, and so even that the way that this schedule worked is ironically probably closer to how the schedule would have worked back in the Cuban winter league many years ago, but not uh, similar to the current, uh, not similar to the current, uh, you know, Cuban national series. Mm -hmm. So typically the season would be starting right around now, not ending right around now. Oh, so, so where it started at the end of March was a 75 game schedule. Um, like I said, they've been throwing a lot of different things at the wall. Some of that is out of necessity. Some of it is just because they are always experimenting with things. Uh, so when the season started at the, the end of March, 
probably was a little bit confusing for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and also with the uh, the nature of the economy is very down right now, that I saw um, the attendance was actually very low. The It was probably a low point in terms of engagement for people. Um, so the positive of that is, though, that as the season has gone on and as we got into the playoffs, that, you know, th- there was a little bit of a resurgence that way. So. Okay, and then that, that, let's let's fast forward to to your most recent trip. And I was watching you released just recently uh, a kind of a, a documentary about your 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 trip to the finals there. Um, and and it seems that a lot of people turned out to the games. Absolutely. So uh, smaller stadium in in Las Tunas, who uh, spoiler alert ended up uh, taking the championship, their second okay. uh, second in in their history and second since 2019. Uh, that smaller stadium, about probably 14 15 thousand people, uh, but was was jam packed and and actually there was overflow into the streets. So uh, so that was a positive. And even the games, unfortunately, that I I originally looked like I might be able to attend in Havana, but wasn't able to, uh, saw crowds that, uh, although not at capacity, were probably about 30,000, 35,000 people. So, you know, uh, a healthy, healthy rebound from, I would speculate that at the beginning of the year, if I had to guess there were maybe 5,000 people at, at the game, it was, um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of negativity swirling, which surprised me as well, coming out of the, the World Baseball Classic and, and mm-hmm. the uh, and, and the strong performance of Cuba. So, you know, there, there's a number of different things. People often ask, you know, how how passionate is the Cuban baseball fan? And, you know, th- there are definite quirks and, and things that are unique to, to North America in terms of the passion and the vibe and, and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, what I think we all have in common as fans is if we don't feel that we're getting that value for our, our dollar or our peso, or if we don't think that they're putting the, the, the best product on the field, then people do vote with their feet and not showing up. So as the season went on, uh, a lot of that negativity did seem to disappear. There were some, um, there were some initiatives taken that were actually pushed a lot by, uh, by, by public sentiment. So, for instance, um, and 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 I always try to be a little bit careful with this because there is reality in the fact that um, you know they're they're in an energy crisis right now. Um, so they've been struggling both with the um, with the with fuel with oil, uh, and so there are rolling blackouts. So one of the things that they did was uh, they would have predominantly day games, but you know that's tough for 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 people that a are trying to work uh also because it's hot also because then the tv broadcast it wasn't first and it wasn't you know at the forefront so uh people were starting to think is this just a second tier product that that i'm watching you know what's the point of this it it just felt all inconvenient so as the season progressed though with with public push that more teams started or more games were televised more games were televised in in prime time and and i think we saw a little bit of a bounce back or or a resurgence in the passion due to uh, due to a lot of that yeah no and I, I i could hear it in the stands in your in your documentary i did see we, there they, the the rolling uh, blackouts i guess did affect the world series even though right well so it's either some combination between that or the fact that as a byproduct that uh, this was one of the first night games that they had held in that particular city in quite some time and so uh, between the actual um, lack of or, or, or the rationing of, of, of energy um, the lights probably hadn't been used fully in a long time so uh-huh. it, it's hard to say whether or not they had 
you know, kind of hit that that threshold, or if it was just that the lights really hadn't been used in so long that they they had a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a blip, that there was about an hour um, was about an hour uh, delay during game one, which ironically um, might have been better if that game had been stopped for me. Uh, because what likely would have happened and what people were speculating was going to happen before the lights came back on is that that would have meant that that game would have been continued the next day at one o'clock. And then the second game would have happened directly after instead of the second game, which was scheduled for 6 p.m. The next night, it started raining at 5 p.m. And make no mistake about it, as, as, as I illustrated in the piece, it rained quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But the drainage and the lack of the drainage on the field um, meant that that game couldn't be played that day. I had to travel back to Havana the next day, and then that pushed the rest of the schedule back. So instead of potentially getting to three or four games, having at least two games guaranteed, unfortunately, I only got to see one game. So and that's that's too bad. But I guess that's that's always a possibility. Um, now, in the documentary, you mentioned that uh, I guess Las Tunas. It was the first game. They were kind of uh, I guess um, Havana was was had the advantage. But then after that power outage, uh, Las Tunas kind of turned things around. Did that affect the entire the momentum of the entire series and and help them to win the series, or was that just that one game? I I think it's I think it's emblematic of a few things that um, you know Las Tunas was favored coming in uh, and okay. you know probably had a stronger lineup. I, I would say that the way that for Industrialis to win the games would have been to get an early lead and to kind of uh, ride some of the younger arms, which were a big component of what turned around their season. Uh, the biggest thing that I would say that haunted Industrialis through the entire series was runners in scoring position fail. They they consistently got runners on base. They uh, they just could not get the big uh, the big knock. And and some will attribute to and and uh, a name that a lot of people will uh, probably recognize that unfortunately was unable to play in the finals due to uh, they're claiming food poisoning was Yosmani Tomas. So. You know, there's there's a lot of people that would look and say that in those scenarios where they needed a big base hit, that bat wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So did his his absence have an impact on that? Um, you know, they they led in a few of the games. They did end up getting swept. So I mean, it's tough at the end of the day to look and say, oh, you know, if we'd just done this. But the series was closer than um, the series was closer than than a sweep might indicate. Uh, but the biggest issue, I, I think, was the fact that uh, they they struggled to get that big hit in, in in those moments where even if they had a, an early lead, they would lead by one or two. But if they had the opportunities to blow the doors off and, and kind of step on the throat, they never took it. And so Las Tunas basically hung around in most of the games and, uh, you know, just showed their, their veteran guile and the fact that they had kind of a stronger lineup. And, and that's what uh, probably led them to the championship. Yeah, and I think I think Blue Jays fans can can sympathize with not scoring runners in scoring position. Um, now, just just some general questions about the Cuban League. Now, here's something that kind of popped into my mind yesterday. Are there any like non-Cubans in the Cuban League? I've never really noticed that before. Is it all completely just because I know like you see a lot of Cubans heading over to Japan? I'm curious if maybe there's some Japanese players going back the other way or. or what do you think? So yeah, no. So so that's a good question, and there is no uh, there is no reciprocation. So it is the uh, it is the largest, I guess, sovereign uh, baseball league, I think, in 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 the world, uh, with sixteen teams comprised completely of Cubans. Now, I guess the closest that we have to 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 that is that they did make some changes this year, and and it's a sign of softening or a recognition that they need to make some changes, 
is that um, like a Yosemite Tomas uh, or, or other players that, you know, left and came back that they don't have to repatriate to the, to the country proper that basically mm. anybody that is of Cuban descent now can actually play in the league. If they get the approval, they don't have to live in Cuba or they don't have to reside in Cuba. Let's, let's maybe phrase that way. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, fundamentally there are uh, basically everybody that plays in the Cuban national series is, uh, is Cuban despite my, uh, my appeals at 44 years old to break that and, and, try, and uh, <laughs> try and catch on with one of the teams, but uh, maybe, maybe someday there's, there's something to strive for. Do you, so with that rule in place, do you think that we'll see some uh, major league players kind of kind of uh, after their years are done uh, in in MLB go back to Cuba? Yeah, so there is rumbling. So we have seen a, a level of that. So for instance, the Matanza squad that uh, the lost in the semifinals, and actually I probably would have favored to go all the way, has seen a few players that um, you know either had a, a short stint in the majors or at least made it as far as AAA and. Aribel Arubarena, uh, Yadil Mujica played in the Yankee system. Um, we had Yadier Drake who who signed with the Dodgers. So so we've seen some of that. Whereas uh, as mentioned, Yosemite Tomas uh, came back this year. Uh, we'll see what that means in the future. I've heard some people think that uh, Alexei Ramirez, a former shortstop for the um, uh, for the White Sox, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. has has expressed interest in doing that. So it is kind of a, a potential path that I think some players are exploring. Uh, you know, the, I guess to understand Cuba as complex as it is, is that there is an immense love for for a lot of people that that have left. Uh, and so for some, you know, to complete that circle and come back home and 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 play, you know, for the team that the, they probably got their start with, does have some appeal for for certain players. Yeah, and I'm 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 glad the borders are getting a I guess a little softer. I guess I don't know what a better term for it, but yeah, I'm 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 glad that it's getting easier and 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 not as as I guess life threatening for players to go either way to come come back or leave the country. Um, now with the the big story in baseball at the beginning of the year in Major League Baseball was that you know the new rules uh, that went into place have. Uh, has Cuban baseball done anything similar to this or are, are their rules kind of kind of set in stone kind of thing? Not not yet, but uh, typically you do see that they will mimic. Um, so I would not be surprised to find out that they're exploring it, um, especially because I think that they do recognize that um, they're losing some of that younger generation. They're losing them to smartphones. They're losing them to soccer. They're losing them to the perception that, you know, other sports are faster and, and they don't take as much time. Also, um, you know, I, I suspect that with some of the, the constraints, both uh, monetarily and, and uh, you know, as I said, on energy, that that idea of shortening the game and making it a little bit faster. Uh, so I would not be surprised to find out that they uh, that they are going to lean that way. I thought uh, I could be mistaken on this, but they had actually made the announcement at one point that they were going to use the three batter rule for pitchers, but I don't mm. think they implemented it. But they, they, they oftentimes you will see, you know, a year or two later that they do kind of mimic uh, the things that do work in, in Major League Baseball. Okay. Now, so so from what you're saying, is there an existential crisis for baseball or or is it still kind of the, the, the national, strong national sport as, as it is or is it just kind of crumbling a little bit? It, it's still it's still strong, but I think that uh, and what we saw that where the response to the outpouring from people was that you can't take it for granted anymore. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of threats. I mean, everything from, you know, the reality that the, the talent drain is, is immense. Um, you know, it's, we've, we've seen record numbers of Cuban baseball players, but record numbers of Cubans leaving. And so, you know, the, the people that are there are still kind of passionate about it, but you know, it's there, you know, the machine has become sentient, I guess, in, in that, you know, with the internet, they, they, they know that they're aware of, of what's happening. And so, um, you know, soccer's big, uh, as, as an aside, just anecdotally, one of the things that I noticed an explosion, uh, this go round was the number of Michael Jordan jerseys that I saw. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it, it was massive numbers. Like I, I, if I had to speculate, I think I saw a hundred people wearing, wearing Michael Jordan jerseys. So basketball was growing. So, you know, there is all, all of the issues that baseball faces in, uh, in North America in terms of that, trying to connect with a younger generation are there Then you add in the factors of, you know, that, that life is getting tougher, that, that, you know, people do have to work more that with the lack of prime time attention, that is okay. So why, why do I want to watch a baseball game? at 10 a.m. or if I have to go to the stadium at 2 p.m. when it's blazing hot, you know, that's that's asking a lot of fans. And especially mm -hmm. where, you know, the stadium infrastructure is has been neglected and, you know, the concession offerings often are limited if the average person can afford them. So, I mean, we have a lot more in common than, than I think we have apart, but there are unique challenges as well. And so, you know, the, the, the Cuban Baseball Federation, um, is more reactive than proactive. And, but I guess the, the biggest change that I see is that the, the people are starting to have a voice that they can push back. And, and typically, you know, if they do try to try to bring something in and the people don't like it, they make it heard and changes do occur. That's, 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 that's a good thing. I think in general, that's a good thing to hear that the people have, have a voice for sure. Um, now going back, I think you mentioned this, uh, the WBC, um, a while back, you 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 made a I think a a post about this on Twitter. You said it was job one, not job done, about their performance uh, from Team Cuba. So tell tell me a little bit about that. About that, how did you feel uh, Cuba did in the WBC? So they they ended up pretty much where I predicted they would, but just not how I predicted they would. So if <laughs> okay. people can recall that they they lost the first two games and then you know, on, on some wacky, uh, tiebreakers, like to the point that watching to the very last minute, I, I thought they were eliminated until it's like, wait a minute. No, they advanced. Not only did they advance, they, they advanced and, and missed out on playing Japan, which would have been a, a, a mm -hmm. tough uh, matchup. So, so making it to the, to the semifinals in, uh, in, in Miami was, uh, something I wasn't surprised by, but, uh, you know, has to be considered a great success, especially when you look at the composition of that team and sort of some of those those steps forward in terms of incorporating a few major leaguers and, and, and opening that door. So it is kind of funny that that off the success of that, that because um, I was my first trip kind of coincided that they even delayed the start of the, the season by a week to have a celebration. And and here's the moral of the story when you're planning to travel to Cuba that, um, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, you know, <laughs> soon yeah, go yeah. astray that, you know, it's like, I, I, okay, if I book for this time, I might be there when this happens. Yeah. So I just missed out on the, uh, on the celebration, but did get to the start of the season. So I don't know if there was a little bit of a hangover or if the problem is that sometimes it's, it's, it's very positive in terms of these movements and, and, and to incorporate and, and 
I think that the Federation recognizes that they don't have too many uh, arrows left in the quiver. But by the same token, where people are becoming aware that they see this and, and it's and it's not. I mean, there is some sentiment that the people will think that the league is inferior. I mean, the guys are playing their hearts out. There's no doubt about that. But I think that's why what we saw with the playoffs, that it's like the games have to mean something. A lot of times now they seem like they mean less to people. Uh, and, and I mean, that's an argument that people can say about baseball in general with 162 games. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, that that the people will show up and, and show out when they feel like there's something that uh, that matters. And so. I guess back to my piece, the idea of job one, not job done, is I just hope that uh, the Federation doesn't look and say, well, we did all we could. We, we finished fourth here. We surpassed expectations. So now just let things continue on the path that they were instead of making more progress, uh, you know, incorporating. It, it, and, and some of the things have happened. So, so that idea of removing the, the repatriation so that maybe more talent can come back. You know, my my vision or my dream for the for the Cuban National Series would for it to to stay many ways like it is. So, you know, uh, it, it goes back and forth between 75 and 90 games. So so pick whatever number works for you there. But the idea that 16 teams representing each province, you know, are competing for that, that that, that, that the people can watch that. But. I, I want to see it go back to more of a fall schedule and, and replicate some of what they do in Dominican or the other winter leagues where, you know, let's say a player uh, and, and now you won't see the big names. You're probably not going to see anybody that's on a bona fide major league contract. But let's say some of the uh, the guys that are working their way up in the minor leagues that, you know, need some more playing time. But if they could go home in the offseason and, and ply their craft there and, and go back and play for a Steen Fuegos and, and fortify the league that way and, and, create some of that passion while still, you know, giving opportunities to guys that are either, you know, on the Island or their, you know, their, their career peak might only be playing in the Cuban national series, but, you know, kind of finding that mix so that more talent can play on the Island and, and give people more reasons to be excited and, and a better brand of baseball is kind of what I hope uh, happens long term. Yeah. And, 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 and just kind of hearing what you're saying and thinking about that with, with like the instability of countries like, like Venezuela and Nicaragua, Cuba could, could position themselves as like, as a, as a, as a rising alternative for, for players, you know, to, to come in and play uh, in the wintertime too. So that, that's definitely um, an opportunity that, that I hope Cuba would, will, will look forward to. Yeah. So, so we'll see, I think, um, you know, they're, they're experimenting with a few things. So uh, they're going to run their second elite series, um, which starts in November, which is going to be uh, basically the top six teams that uh, based on how they, they performed in the playoffs. So not necessarily the top six seeded teams, but where they finished and mm-hmm. with, uh, with select reinforcements. So that'll be a shorter series in the fall. Um, you know, we might see some announcements between here and there because they, they've kind of said that anybody uh, that is Cuban that uh, can, can express interest if they're playing in, in an international league could be eligible for for playing in that league. So uh, we'll see. And, and I just I think overall that if they can, you know, if they can bring more talent back, um, you know, and, and kind of rebuild that bridge, because I don't begrudge anybody uh, for for leaving. Uh, especially if they can go and they can make money, but uh, you know if they can bring some of that back and 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 uh, you know fortify their community and also fortify the baseball infrastructure and fortify the baseball product, I think is is uh, is a good thing overall. For sure. Um, now, who is the next big Cuban 
name or prospect that MLB North American fans should be aware of? Yeah, so that's that's a good question, and um, I think that the the whole the whole system has shifted that way. That we're gonna we're not probably not gonna see anybody that that's playing at that level really make that jump. I think that the 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 ceiling for guys that that stay and play in the Cuban National Series and the best arrangement is for them to go to uh, to go to Japan on on one of the deals that the that the league brokers for them. Otherwise, what we see during the international signing period is the kids are, are getting younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the, the next big name, you know, is. is are they already in a major league system? That's tough to tough to say. You know, um, the past couple of years we've seen a couple of players um, that have signed uh, for for top dollar at the top of the international signing period. So uh, I think it's Christian Vaquero for for uh, Washington and uh, Brandon uh, Maya for uh, for the Yankees. So my my instinct is it's probably one of those players that might already be in the system, uh, or it's it's a kid we haven't seen just yet, which. You know, unfortunately, maybe it's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but um, it's 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 the Cuban National Series is probably past its 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 halcyon days of producing major league ready talent. It's uh, it's it's the younger kids, and so more what I think Cuba needs to find a path is to either revisit the agreement that they had in 2018 to make a legal path. Uh, where they would have created a system similar to the uh, the Japanese posting system to keep these kids on the island longer playing. Um, you know, otherwise, it's we're seeing a massive drain of that talent earlier, earlier and earlier. So that that leads me to my next uh, kind of line of questions about Cuba. How how is youth baseball development different, and how does how do MLB teams scout? Uh, youth development and, and it's in a it's, it's still not easy to get to Cuba for, for some scouts so how, how does that happen well so so the technical line is that scouts don't exist in Cuba and my understanding is or at least I've never been privy um, in, in my travels to them being there so I think a lot of it is more that probably through back channels um, you know someone places the, the the buzz in someone's ear that if you can get to uh, Dominican, if you get to Mexico, mm-hmm. um, that that's where it really happens. I mean, obviously sometimes the agreements are, are, are in place beforehand, but I think there is, there is a level of that, that it's basically, I, I you know, at one point they would have con- been considered human traffickers, but I guess now they're, they're more, more agents, but there are people mm-hmm. that, that kind of have their, their foot on the, uh, that, that have their ear to the ground more in Dominican that once, once the kids get out, that's that funnel rather than it than it truly happening in Cuba. Okay, okay. And going even a little bit younger, um, we saw the Little League World Series start this past weekend. What does it mean for Cubans to have a team? I think this is the first time that they're in the Little League World Series. What does it mean for Cuba to have that team play? Yeah, for, first time ever. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's interesting in, in how that came together. And, and so where, you know, it feels like everything is one step forward, half a step back in terms of uh, – you want to call it baseball detente or, or uh, in terms of uh, international uh, relations between countries that this was brokered a few years ago as things started to thaw a little bit. So it's good that, that it's, it's coming through. It's a great opportunity for the kids and it's, it's a great story. Um, similar. I, I don't know if the average Cuban is so apprised of it just yet. Um, I, I think similarly that you'll see that build. Uh, I think they won their, their first game yesterday in the repechage. So, I mean, they had a tough go against Japan. That's a tough draw. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They got they got no hit, but only gave up one hit and, and lost one nothing. So I think it's it's one of those things that kind of um, similar where Cuba's very reactionary to things. So I believe that you know they they announced last minute that they were going to be showing the games on their their national TV broadcast. So I mm-hmm. think it's one of those things that's building momentum. And uh, but you know it, as the momentum builds, the, the that pride is is inevitable uh, that. Uh, Cuba will be will be cheering for the youngsters. So, do they have a chance to win, or are they still kind of uh, in their early stages of of of, of competing on an international stage? It's it's tough to say. I think that um, you know it's uh, little league is is new in that in that regard in terms of the number of teams that are that are competing on the island. So. You know, uh, the grandma or the Bayamo team that that's there is is very talented. Make no mistake about it. So, you know, like I said, they they gave Japan, who's who's a, typically a powerhouse, a run for their money. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I wouldn't want to handicap such a thing. But uh, you know, with um, with, with the talent, it looks like they have they, the team has some pedigree. There's no doubt about that. That uh, I think they have as as good a chance as anybody if you're able to come out of the the repechage uh, stage. And so um, I think there's you know what it's it's probably akin to the World Baseball Classic, where I would say that um, that you know those nations that have surpassed with the funding and whatnot are there, but, but Cuba based on their history and, and that love are still competitive. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see that if they could finish kind of in that, uh, maybe, maybe come back around to the semifinal uh, winning it all. Anything can happen, but uh, it, it's probably a tough go for them. Yeah. And there are so many teams in the U S that any, any international like country outside of us has to go through. So it's, it's hard for sure. Um, you posted, uh, I think I was on Instagram, maybe on Twitter too, um, an article, uh, about the Guriel family connection in the Little, World, Little League World Series. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so so there's a couple uh, key names uh, that are that are playing for the uh, for the Bayamo squad and and the Guriels. So there there is one of the uh, one of the kids is actually I guess first cousins with uh, with Lourdes Jr. for for Jays fans, Yunito, and for and uh, and and with uh, Yulieski. So uh, basically, his father is the brother of uh, of Lourdes Senior. And so, you know, um, kid that uh, I believe he started, he was the starting pitcher for, for game one. And so, you know, there's, there's a definite pedigree there. And, and, um, you know, so there's a great documentary by uh, belly of the beast Cuba, which, um, I, I have a, a little bit of a review of that on, uh, on my webpage. And so if people want to check that out and check out the videos, kind of a, a good, uh, it touches on a lot of the, uh, the stories for the kids. They were there as they were, were qualifying for the, uh, for the little league world series. But, um, you know, cause it is kind of interesting that, um, so we see the Guriel name there. That's that's baseball royalty in, in mm-hmm. Cuba, even mm-hmm. if they've left. And, you know, two of the brothers have had massive success uh, in, in the majors. And in fact, the third brother, uh, Unieski, who, uh, I think I mentioned before, we've seen, he played with Quebec and won a batting title in, in the Can-Am league. And now is running a, uh, a hitting school that, uh, recently a couple of the Astros coaches have come around and said that this, you know, he's, he's the springboard for, for a lot of these young guys that are coming through. So, you know, that pedigree is there. And then there's also the son of, uh, Alfredo, uh, Despagne, uh, you know, the all-time leader in uh, home runs in the world baseball classic who plays in, in Japan. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
I, I don't know if there if there's a nepotism angle to it or if that's why the the team is as strong as it is. You know, we've seen uh, we've seen a level of that in the majors like we haven't seen before, specifically with the Blue Jays. You know, with uh, Guerrero Jr., with uh, Bichette, with uh, that that you know historically, um, you know, it's been a little bit more of a crapshoot for that second generation of baseball players. But it seems like right now we've we've got that. Um, that, that lineage being passed on a little bit better. So, you know, they have that advantage. I think the other thing is that I'm not surprised that the, the team comes out of grandma, which is, is has been, I'm sorry, when people hear that grandma, not grandma, yeah. grandma <laughs> uh, and, and, and grandma province uh, who um, took a little bit of a step back this year, but have won four championships in the past six years. So, um, you know, between, between that, uh, that lineage, that name recognition and, and, and truly probably that, that impact on the coaching and, and the resources and the fact that uh, the Alazanis of, of grandma have been such a dominant team is probably why the youngsters are as engaged in baseball as they are. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where the 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 children who have parents or family in 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 baseball have more access to it and more more familiarity to it, so they're obviously going to be a a better player and they're and and they're, they're they've got a leg up on a lot of players. Um, so yeah, that, it sounds really interesting about uh, Cuba's future as a baseball nation for sure. Yeah, so I mean, there are some good things that are happening. There's, there's still a lot of threats. I mean, it's, I don't want to undersell how tough things are economically right now, and and whether or not, I guess, even just bookending the trip from from the spring to to the summer, I did see some positives. Now, maybe I'm being a little myopic on that, just through the baseball lens and seeing the passion for baseball. Um, but you know, I, I did see some indications that you know uh, there were more shops that were open. It seemed like there was a little bit more foot traffic going around. So uh, hopefully, you know, even just with with tourism rebounding a little bit, hopefully means that you know the darkest days are behind and 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 that uh, the island is going to rebound a little bit. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, now to pivot from Cuba to back to North America. Um, I'll let you prepare yourself for this because we're going to talk some Yankees, some Yankees baseball. Um, now, now it hasn't been an easy year to watch Yankees baseball, at least definitely in the second half. Do you do you have any hope left for this Yankees team this year? No, <laughs> I, 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 I frankly do not. And so, um, you know, it, it's uh, I uh, sorry. I guess there is some that in the pipeline. There, there are a few players that uh, that that you know, like an Austin uh, Wells catcher who uh, you know has been they've been uh, saying is is the future catcher for the next for the past couple of years. Maybe he'll get an opportunity, but um, even even the lineup that they continue to run out there day to day right now, it's like it's to me, it's time to call up the kids. Um, I recently reshared a, a tweet that was maybe about three months too soon, but back <laughs> in May, I believe it was uh, going into maybe it was a series with the with the Orioles. They were one game over 500. The Yankees were one game over 500 at that point before they actually went on a little bit of a run and built uh, built the cushion that they they coasted on. And I said at that point that if they if they lost that game and, and fell to 500, that I didn't think that they'd be over 500 again this year. So, you know, they treaded water on that. But I really think that this is going to be the season where the streak that uh, began in 1993 comes to an end, that they will uh, that they're not going to finish over 500. Uh, it's it's tough in terms of I don't know uh, completely what you can do to to retool that for the sake of 
you know, do you, do you hope for rebounds? But, you know, it's, it's you with a veteran roster, this is, this is no country for old men um, that mm. we we've seen that it's, you know, how quickly people have, have hit that cliff, you know, specifically Stanton Rizzo, you know, perhaps it's, it's, it's injury related, but even that, that it seems like everything they touch this year has just been a calamity that, okay. So he had the play uh, where he jammed his neck against, uh, against San Diego um, that was a few months ago. So continued to play despite the fact that either he felt he might've had concussion, uh, symptoms or, or maybe not. And, you know, his, his game fell off at that point, but so you have that, you have the, the, the Domingo Herman situation who, yeah. you know, uh, I'm, I'm all for giving people a second chance, but I think that guy's done as he should be, but even stop and think about the season that he had throws a perfect game. And then, uh, right the day after the trade deadline, um, you know, the day after the trade deadline, they announced that uh, he's taking a leave from from the team. So it's like, yeah. what what's going on here? It's just what's what's being managed in that in that clubhouse. It's just it, it feels it all feels calamitous. So. Yeah, it, it seems like once they put out one fire and then another one just comes comes back, starts right back up again. Can they be a spoiler or a threat to uh, other teams uh, this year or, or, is, or are they pretty much just 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 done? I think they're cooked. <laughs> I, I personally think that they are uh, that they're that they're cooked. Um, you know, we, we see that um, even going into this this uh, this current series with the Red Sox, where they've dropped the first two games in uh, in just brutal fashion. That uh, I, I think it's all all good things come to an end. Uh, you know, really, I can't complain after after you know thirty years of uh, of, of a good run. But uh, I guess the only positive that I hope for is that, um, you know, maybe it sends a message and it's time to start doing some things differently. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you think that Aaron Boone and or Brian Cashman will be back next year? Are their jobs safe? Unfortunately, I think they'll probably both be back. But of course, if, if one has to go, it's it's probably the manager uh, mm-hmm. just because it's obviously it's easier easier to uh, to, to make that move. Um you know, uh, is is that the answer without without a, a wholesale overhaul? I, I'm not certain. I think that uh, Cashman seems safe, and you know, even even just in the confines of if we don't, you know, nitpick particular moves, I think there's there's a shelf life on on any roles. I mean, he's been there since 1998. I mean, that's that's 25 years now. That's a, that's a long time. So maybe just some fresh, uh, fresh, fresh ideas or fresh, fresh eyes uh, might be necessary, but by the same token, it sounds as if, and, and just from reading online that, uh, it doesn't sound like even Hal, uh, has the, the real desire to, to, to be hands-on. So it sounds like he's handed things off and, and, uh, I mean, the pro and the con with, uh, with George back in the day was, you know, you know, at least he cared. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> And uh, that's that's the one thing you can say that uh, that uh, worst case scenario and and even kind of the uh, of course the uh, the Yankees dynasty uh, you know was more built by by Gene Michael while while George was on suspension but at the mm-hmm. very least you know he, he was a guy that you knew would give you the resources and and uh, would care sometimes cared a little too much but uh, I think he'll take that over the uh, the alternative. 
Yeah, and I've been saying this since last year. Like they've been building their teams on on uh, players who are either old or have injury history or both, and it just didn't, doesn't make sense to me. And I was I've been waiting for this to happen for them to break, and it's I'm surprised it's taken this long. But it's just they've 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 got a flawed team that they and they're building they're building flaws on top of the flaws. Yeah, and and, and it's and, and it's doubling down. You can kind of comprehend a level of it because I was kind of thinking about this yesterday in terms of. Uh, how many teams can say that they have three MVPs on it? And but at the same time, is this the worst team with three <laughs> with with three MVPs? In uh, Donaldson, who's cooked, and Stanton, mm-hmm. who who uh, I I I think that uh, Giancarlo Stanton's the most talented um, flawed hitter we've seen. <laughs> I think uh, uh, you know there, there's no doubt that athletic and all that, and and uh, I think sometimes people get confused. Don't confuse an exciting player with a good player, mm. and uh, and and there's a level of that. And then of course with uh, with Judge being hurt, even that was a little bit of a catch twenty two where I understood you couldn't let him walk, um, you know, coming off the season that he had. But the reality is, and 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 an incredible talent when he's still when he's on the field is. You know, how how often are you going to be able to keep him on the field? And and even where that's that's bad luck and that, you know, breaks his toe, uh, making an incredible play. And, and you know, you love the guy for the sake that, you know, when they always say if your best player is your hardest worker and, and, and you know, you've got something, but uh, sometimes can't even protect himself from himself, which you love as, as, as a spectator, but maybe not as a fan hoping to see that guy on the field for as many games as possible in a season. Yeah, and I'm surprised, like, I'm not surprised that they signed him, but I'm surprised that they signed him for so long because, um, and I've said this before, that um, Stanton is your example of what uh, what uh, he's going to look like uh, at the end of the deal. So, like, it's they, they, they have a vision of the pr- the past, present, and future right right in front of them, and uh, right now it's not looking so good. <laughs> well, and yeah, and there, there is a level of that. I, I agree with that. I think that, um, and, and kind of the, the biggest thing that the cliff that the Yankees have, have uh, kind of gone over is um you look at uh so this year stanton is 33 uh dj lemay who 35 but started to fall off when he was 33 uh anthony rizzo 33 like there, <laughs> there seems to be a recurring trend so for every uh, freddie freeman it's out there that's having an incredible season at 33 it seems as if the game is 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 getting younger and younger so that's also where i found it very interesting this past off season although uh you know a few of the other deals were obviously for guys in that 26 27 uh range but uh, giving long-term contracts to 30 year old guys has uh for you know ever since let's say they they eliminated the vitamins from the game <laughs> has yeah, not been, yeah. Uh, has not been a uh, has not been a great investment for for teams but also to say how 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 could you let an Aaron judge walk for what he means for your marketing and all of that? And and so it's, uh, it's one of those things where I was glad I wasn't involved in those negotiations. Cause like, I think you have to sign him, but also, you know, if someone did come and bowl you bowl him over and, and let him walk, would it have been the worst thing? Like it would have been, would have been horrible in the papers and all of that. But, but from a baseball's perspective, maybe it would have signaled that it was time to, to rebuild. So We'll see. I wish nothing but health for for Aaron Judge. I think it's 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 you know it's it's imperative for the game that he is one of the most exciting players. And, and so now it's just a matter of that they've got to get him some protection because uh, I don't think he's going to see anything to hit the rest of the year. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough for Yankees fans. But, uh, Phil, thanks so much for joining me. It was great to, to hear about so much. There's a, seems like there's there's just so much to, to say about Cuba every time that that you're 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 here to talk with me. And it seems like there's there's they've got a really good future ahead of them as long as they 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 uh, you know they 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 keep things going the way they are. Um, and and like you said, be more proactive instead of reactive. Um, People can can check out your, your your stuff on Twitter on on uh, Instagram. Are are you on are you on Blue Sky yet? <laughs> I I've actually not heard of that. So I'll uh, I'll also so so Cuba dugout across to most of the channels. Although obviously so that that expands over time. Um, I think I'm finally reaching that age where I'm a little bit of a ludite. So it's like I, I don't know if I have the capacity to add any more apps. Yeah. Uh, just because yeah. yeah. I just I I just don't want it i don't want to spend more time on them mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh you know if people want to check it out on on you know instagram uh obviously because uh, i focus quite a bit more on photo but uh, also for video on on youtube and the occasional uh, writing and music on on my website cubadugout.com all right thanks so much for joining me awesome all right thanks again to phil for joining us um that, i i it's really great to talk about just baseball from an international standpoint. It was really interesting to see, to hear just what's going on in Cuba and 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 just I guess you know there's 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 some hope that that things are going to get better in Cuba and 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 by extension uh, baseball internationally in general. If if we have more more people more players coming in and out of Cuba. Uh, that's better for for international baseball and major league baseball in general. So thanks again to Phil. That was a great talk. Um, and check out his his documentaries and his work on YouTube. They're they're all great stuff. So into the personal outcomes we go now. Um, I've got a couple of strikeouts that I guess I'll start with. Uh, strikeout number one. Um, I guess kind of the past two weeks have been they've both been food related. Last week was was macaroni related. This week it's 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 uh, pesto related. Um, I'd been trying to to make a I, I make usually make a, a dish every Monday so that Krista has has leftovers for work to eat, um, and my plan was to make a nice pasta dish with pesto, but I forgot to buy basil, which is a key ingredient in pesto. So I could not complete the pesto until I bought basil. So that was that was strikeout. Maybe even you could even call that an error. Uh, I, that that one that one was a was a was an easy ball to to cover. That went right between my legs. I should have I should have put pesto on my grocery list. It was on the ingredients list in the in the recipe, but I, I missed it. I missed it. So that, so we'll call that an error, not a strikeout. Uh, I, I forgot to buy basil when I knew I was going to make pesto. So that that that's on me. Um, I I did eventually make the dish and it turned out really well. It was a pretty tasty dish. That was uh, that was one of, one of the yummier pestos I had. It also had some arugula in the pesto as well, so that was pretty tasty. So uh, yeah, remember, the, the moral of the story is always remember to buy basil when you're making pesto. Or hey, make get the, get the pre-bought basil uh, pesto if, if if you need to. That's that's a time saver right there. Okay, strikeout. I guess that was an error. So this is my strikeout now. Um, on Saturday, we were. It was a bit of a, a cool day, so we were planning to t- take the kids to a local kind of indoor park called Cosmic Adventures. So we got them all loaded up into the car on time and everything. We got all the all the bags packed, all the all the waters filled. All the uh, Krista had some work to do, so she got her her work stuff together to so she could do do it while they're playing. So we all load into the car. It's not easy to get those kids in the car because we got to put the socks on their feet. Uh, and and the shoes on and get them all loaded into the car and I get into the car I 
go to start the car and I'm just hearing click, 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 click. The battery was dead in our car uh, right when we were ready to go. So that caused a little slight delay in getting to our destination. We had to, luckily, uh, I am a member of CAA, so I, I gave him a call and they were able to come over and replace my battery. But uh, it, it, it delayed us a couple, by a couple hours of getting to the to uh to cosmic adventures and it uh maybe made some uh some some young children uh hungrier and crankier and a little bit harder to deal with so so uh and also some parents a bit uh, not 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 hungrier but definitely a little bit uh more frazzled by the uh, reactions of of kids uh to uh the the delay so it, w- it was a bit of a hard morning uh not things didn't go as planned uh but uh eventually we got to the uh to to our destination to cosmic adventures things worked out but uh never great when your uh battery doesn't work in the car luckily yeah <laughs> luckily that was all it, all that it was it was an easy fix uh so so that that's a plus all right and finally uh my home run krista and i went to see a movie and i think you know i that was our, the first time Krista and I have gone to see a movie in the movie theater since before the pandemic, since before uh, Bo was born, for sure. Um, so that was just nice in itself. But we went and saw the Barbie movie. So I completed the Oppenheimer Barbie uh, uh, double feature a, a week apart, I guess. Um, and I recommend to go see Barbie. Barbie was a, a really good movie. Um, you know, it's it's it's... Um, I think a lot of people expect that it's kind of a, I guess, for lack of a better word, a fluffy movie, an easy movie, but it actually really um, makes you look at at society. It's, it's it was a really good commentary of of just how how of women's role in society and and how how you know it's a very uh, this word comes a lot comes up a lot in a Barbie Barbie movie, which you wouldn't think it's a very patriarchal. Uh, society that we live in and 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 you wouldn't think that uh you'd hear that word in the barbie movie but it comes up quite a bit it's funny it's entertaining it's 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 very uh a a very subversive movie and i recommend to go see it and i think that it's funny just you see a lot of people you know like their their childhood toys growing up were barbie and they're it's 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 just um i think it's a an even more impactful movie than oppenheimer because i think um more people are going to see barbie um, and more people's minds are going to be kind of changed. They're going to they're they're going to look at the world in a different way uh, by watching Barbie. And, and Oppenheimer, sure, it's an important movie. Um, I but people kind of see the, your, your world vision is not going to be changed by seeing Oppenheimer. You're you're you know it's an important movie. It's 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 an informative movie. It's a long movie. It's it's a heavy movie. But Barbie is a light movie. It's a funny movie. It it is also heavy in some sense. But it's 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 you don't you don't really notice uh, notice it. It kind of it kind of uh, uh, I guess uh, makes makes it easy to to kind of kind of uh, have your mind changed. I don't know. It's hard 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 to describe. But I would recommend highly recommend going to see Barbie. Um, just don't. Don't do the Barbie Oppenheimer thing in the same day. That's five hours worth of movies. That's a lot of popcorn. That's a lot of sitting. Uh, but yeah, definitely go see both of those movies. All right, so that's it for this week. I think Steve will be back next week. So uh, we'll have some stuff to talk about. Hopefully, 
the Jays will not be too far out of the, play- the playoffs. Uh, hopefully they will be still sitting in the wildcard position by the time we talk next week. But uh, I guess I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Who can hear you in the alley by the light switch? Who